And these were the days of our lives. <laughs> As the stories. hourglass <laughs> These were their stories. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and that was Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> um, and this is Jackass. <laughs> and I'm Johnny Knoxville. And Twilight Zone. <laughs> you want to keep going? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Floor time. Yeah. Floor time, pain Need time. Water. Yes. Should we tell the listeners what we've just done? Yeah. Tons <laughs> uh, so... <Sons> of ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's why SpongeBob is sitting here. Yeah, this is our drug episode. Fifi the Fox, what would you like to say? Uh, (laughs) I'm on fire! So, for Christmas, Dakota and I, Kayleen, bought Daniel some Hot Ones hot sauces. And we've been like, we should do a, a mini Hot Ones thing. And we did that today with a couple other friends. And we did two of them and then a sriracha and then the last dab and all of them were pretty much fine until the last dab which was like a really it hurt it was, it was a game changer <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though i spat that out so fast you couldn't you could not pay me to keep it in my mouth <laughs> i took one normal bite and one baby bite and then i couldn't do anything else because i couldn't see because i was crying yeah i took two pretty pathetic bites not gonna lie but it, it was still effectual i mean yeah, yeah. the, the taste is in your mouth and you cannot get rid of yeah. it um i was surprised at how quickly the tears came out yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tears were, were so involuntary yeah it was fun though yeah. it was fun <laughs> we Living also we did like a the tiniest bite of a reaper that one time and that was not like this no i think it was yeah. too subtle it definitely so like, stayed on we the tip of my the tongue the tiniest forever. fucking bite. talking like the head of a toothpick yeah of a carolina reaper yeah <laughs> It was years ago. Yeah. Still haven't recovered. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond what did you eat this week? <laughs> uh, what did you watch this week? And I think we're going to start with some fun. That's it's It's been yeah. some time, but we went to the Sundance Film Festival. Yes! Yeah. Time of my friggin' life. It's so much fun. Virtually, virtually. Yes. Well, it's, it was entirely virtual this year. I hope that continues. Yeah. I don't want uh, COVID to continue, but please... Film festivals make them online. This yeah. was so spicy and fun. The first one we all watched together? That was no. our first one. No, the first one... Well, for all three of us. For all, all three, three of us. Yes. 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 So the first movie we all watched together was a bop. It was Ugh. so fucking good. It was fresh, directed by Mimi Cave, coming soon. It's coming in March. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm ready. I know. When Sebastian Stan was on Hot Ones, whoa, full circle, um, he was talking about, he was like, my new movie coming out fresh. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy he was promoting that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was the other thing, he too. Was, yeah, but... he was mostly talking about Pam and Tommy, but he no, was like, about yeah, fresh. fresh. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, we were screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely like a wild ride of a movie. Very, very fun, though. Yeah. I loved the build-up. I don't really, really want to say anything about yeah. it. Because... I would encourage, because we didn't get a trailer. Yeah. We got a freaking still photo. I would encourage yeah. everyone to go in with that. Yeah, go in with knowing it as little as possible. Yeah. 
Like, it was great. We only knew what the, like, warning on the rating before the movie said. Gore. And we were like, gore? <laughs> For what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We all, we saw a bunch of stuff, but other things. Um, Kimmy and I watched Cha-Cha Real Smooth, Cooper mm-hmm. Rafe's upcoming movie with Dakota Johnson. That ended up being my favorite of the festival. Oh. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that was my favorite as well. And then her other movie, Am I Okay? That changed my life. That was, like, my second favorite of the festival. Yeah. So, Dakota's a queen. Um, was there any more Sundance movies you wanted to talk about or no? We also watched After Yang, which is an A24 movie. I really liked that one, too. I thought that one was, like, really soft and really touching and, like, very, like, I don't know. It was, like, a really gentle film, I mm-hmm. felt like, with, like, a very massive message, mm. I felt. And, again, like, I, I just feel like all the movies that we saw in Sundance were, like, Better than any of the movies that I saw in 2021. <laughs> it was oh, a good yeah. good year, this Sundance. Yeah. Like, these films are going to stick with me the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one that will, like, I'm calling it the Fallout, my favorite movie of the year. It just, <laughs> yeah. like, like kind of how you said for movies last year, there wasn't a movie I watched last year where the second I watched it, I was like, holy mother of God, that was, like, yeah. amazing. And yeah. this one, when it was over, I was like, oh, so many stars. <laughs> Uh, it's on HBO Max right now. It's directed by Megan Park. And Kaylee and Daniel were recording an episode of The Matrix in his bedroom. And I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. I started watching it, like, with the sound really low because I was trying not to disturb you guys. And I made it, like, through the first scene before I was like, I think I want to turn this up. So I put my little headphones into the remote. Mm-hmm. And then was immediately just, like, shaking and crying. And I did yeah. not stop the whole movie. And I really needed, like, a, a visceral, cathartic cry because... So much shit has gone down at my school this year, and with everything that the movie was reflecting, I'm not a student, but I am a teacher, and it was, like, very hard to watch, and I ended up watching it on a Friday, and then that Tuesday was interviewed by police about a threat to my school, and it just sucked, and then I went home and watched it again, because it's so important. It's like a movie that needs to be told, and it was told brilliantly, Mm -hmm. like, they captured Gen Z the way that no other goddamn show has, or movie, uh, Euphoria Wishes. I'm sorry, but (laughs) the fallout, oh my god. So my experience being in the room recording with Daniel is that we keep, like, getting these little tiny, like, laughs that we'll hear from the other room, and we're like, oh, I wonder what she's doing out there, and then we come out to Courtney straight sobbing, and I was like, what is going on? And she's like, I'm watching the fallout, and I was like, oh yeah, I read, like, I saw that you put that on your watch list, and then we were like, but you were just laughing so much. She's like, I know, it's so funny, too. (laughs) So then I watched it the next fucking day. Jenna Ortega wore a shirt that says butthole. I was laughing so hard. And it it just, you needed to laugh during it. And it's because they captured how kids talk so well. I mean, I was laughing because at one point they're debating who's hotter, Drake or Jimmy from Degrassi. I was like, (laughs) me. Yeah, Yeah, it was was hard to find so much to relate to in like literal children. But I also... like kind of what you're saying about euphoria i've only watched those two specials and the first episode of euphoria but i know how much it's like oh we're fucking crazy we do drugs and we have sex and all this stuff and like there's a lot of experimenting with that kind of stuff in the fallout but in a way that seems very much more realistic to me yes even just like i was a very tame high school kid but like I know that even the people who weren't typically weren't like, oh, I'm having sex every day. It was more like, I'm trying this drug for the first time today. Yeah. And that's like what they're kind of showing in the movie. It's like, yeah. I'm being experimenting a sexually. Yeah. I'm experimenting with this. I'm trying to find some way to deal with my grief yeah. or my struggles or everything going on. It was so good. 
Yeah. I could watch it again, like, any day. And kind of, the parts that aren't gut-wrenchingly sad, it's, like, comforting. Okay, I'm <laughs> obsessed with the sister relationship. That little girl was so good. That one also broke me to pieces. But, no, that was, <laughs> that's when you guys walked out, and I was like, yeah. no. Favorite movie of the year. I don't care it's that it's so February, good, yeah. and I don't care that I saw it in January. It was yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, the fallout. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. I guess it's been kind of a while since I first initially spoke about this, but I did finish Station Eleven since the last oh, yes. time that we recorded. I just felt like, okay, so like I struggled with the beginning, the first couple episodes, like following along and stuff, and I was like, I don't really know who this, you know, each episode was like specific about like a, a certain character or whatever. It's so, like we're trying to like learn all these people, and there's like a couple episodes where I was like, who is this? I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And then it tied up. That's, like, my kind of post-apocalypse, honestly. It's, like, it's like about the post-apocalypse, but and then there's, like, theater. And it's, like, post, like, this illness that killed everybody, mm-hmm. you know, you know, highly timely. I really loved it. I thought that the, the costumes and productions were really creative. And so it was overall positive? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, like, hopeful, okay. too. Other TV? Um, other TV, I kind of touched on this on one of our other episodes. Um, oh, because of the baby voice. But um, I watched all of Rod City. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got COVID, I was like, what do I do to feel happy? I'll start this new show that I think will make me feel good. And Bless. it did. And I watched the whole fucking thing in like two weeks. Maybe not even two weeks. I watched all of Rod City. That makes <laughs> yeah. me so happy. And it was dope. And I get all my references <laughs> now. <laughs> I almost feel like I need to like, in a year, watch it at a normal pace. Because it's <laughs> now it's like one big movie in my brain. <laughs> I don't think I can discern anything, but it was fun. Um, and then the other thing is that I'm currently watching Girls, which I've told both of you about. And when I started the first episode, I told Kimmy and Courtney, I was like, I don't like any of these characters. This is lame, but I'm still going to keep watching it. And now I'm like, I kind of love and hate everyone. And then, like, I don't know. I'm very interested in it now. Now I'm captivated. I want to know what happens to these people. Yeah. Like, everybody has... It's kind of the same thing I said about Tick, Tick, Boom. Like, everyone seems pretty realistic still. Like, the things about them that make them annoying. I'm like, yeah. People be like that. People be annoying and say, or say dumb shit. And then, I also like that it's in real time, kind of. Like, every episode ends and they reference what just happened in the previous episode. Like, it it doesn't feel like there's this big gap in between. Yeah. And I'm, Adam Driver's growing on me. At first I was like, you're a freak and you're, I don't like you. And now I'm like, you're a freak and that's why I like you. (laughs) I guess that's true, like, about most mediums, like, artistic mediums, that there's, like, this romantic idea of the protagonist when in reality nobody's really a good person. Yeah, I feel like in a lot (laughs) of... Pessimistically. Yeah, I feel like in a lot of shows, either everyone's flaws are romanticized or it's, like... Well, at least we have our center who, like, you can always count on them to be doing the right thing. And if they don't, they'll apologize immediately. Whereas this <laughs> show is like, Lena Dunham always be doing annoying shit. But then sometimes she's good for a few episodes. And I'm like, Marnie, can you shut the fuck up? And yes. then she's normal again. And then, you know. Just like Degrassi. <laughs> Just like Degrassi, yeah. Degrassi really set the tone. I started season three today. Did you? I watched, Blowing right through it. I watched it. a couple more um, after... We hung out, yeah. I got sucked in, man. Yeah. You, you watch it with an ad blocker on YouTube and the next episode <laughs> plays right It's like Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's Girls, and that's all I watched this week. Yay! Mm. Kaylee's got anything? some questions for yes, the I do. bodyguard. Yes, I do. Okay, for the bodyguard, the first question is, what is your favorite Oscar-nominated original song? Because the bodyguard had two songs yeah. off the soundtrack that were nominated, and not the one you would think. 
Okay, so this isn't an honorable mention, but I know it's not going to be on any of you guys' lists or honorable mentions. I just wanted to point out the cultural hold that Jai Ho from Slumdog Millionaire had when it was nominated. Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys remember that? Yeah. I fucking had that on my iPod. There's a video of my friends at a fucking church camp dancing to it. (laughs) So pretty incredible. Um, so my first honorable mention is Glory from Selma. Nice. That song. It's a good performance, too. It's such a good performance. When they did it at the Oscars, I was, like, in tears. It, it's good. My second honorable mention is Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. Oh, that's a great song. I'm pretty song. sure that's Stephen Stevens. And that one is dope. It it's just dope. really captures a feeling. Yeah. And you yeah. know what? In my research, too, looking at all these movies, like, how lasting a lot of the ones that mm. one are or were nominated at least are yeah. but um call me basic my real answer is the audition from la la land oh. i love that song i love that moment in the movie yeah. it just i just loved the story the performance like say what you want about her i don't think she's the best singer emma stone but i thought that the acting in that yeah performance was great and I loved the story that the song told I thought it was very like yeah inspiring yeah Mm -hmm. I love that song that was the year that three out of five of the songs were written by Justin so two of them were the same person and one was Justin Timberlake so we were all like oh yeah 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 yeah. right that's so funny Mark Riley Good answers. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have so many kids' movies because uh. they're there. But if for the sake of time, I'm going to um, pick pick just one, and it's not the one you think. <laughs> um, okay. I I'm just like thrilled that this was on there. I did not know that the Wild Thornberries movie original mm. song by Paul Simon, Fathers and Daughters, was nominated. Nice. It is so good. Father and daughter, Paul Simon. Nice. Slaps. Slaps. Um, and then my next honorable mention is That Thing You Do from That Thing You Do. Yeah. Who hasn't been walking through a grocery store when it starts to play? <laughs> um, and then uh, Call Me Basic as well, Don't Care, my favorite, of course, is My Heart Will Go On. Yes. Nice. By uh, James Horner and Will Jennings, performed by nice. Celine Dion. Love. Love it. Love nice. it so much. I'm yeah. pretty sure at one point, like when I had one of those old cell phones where like the ringtone is just like noises, yeah. I had that. When nice. the melody was My Heart Will Go On. Um, could listen to that song any day of the week. All right. We're going to be basic as hell over here. I'll start with the least basic of my answers, which is Husavik fucking robbed last year and the fact that they did all the performances before the oscars just last year was batshit and i hope they never try that bullshit again (laughs) but that song slaps so hard it like when i watch the actual version from the movie i like tear up every time her parents go it's in icelandic (laughs) (laughs) beautiful okay um anyway my other honorable mentions are uh lose yourself Obviously. Yeah. Oh, such a good one. Do you mean the one from 2019's Oscars? <laughs> yes, I mean the, the performance, the live performance. Um, and then another one, like, duh, is I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I Again, that's one that I just, like, watch that scene sometimes because I just need to watch it because it's good. And then my number one, because I'm being basic, is The Power of Love from Back to the Future. Happy! Yeah. Yeah. That's a good song. I love that song. (laughs) And you hear it all the time. That's it. Second question is, scariest stalker in a film? I want to go first. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because I misread the question. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like read it, and then days later, I started picking my answers. Yeah. And I thought it was just favorite stalker in a movie, and I like tallied up the Got longest freaking list. I was like, I love this one and this one. So then I had to change my answers. Obviously, I, there was one that I was like, that would be on the list, but then I was like, she's not. Was scary. it Ingrid Goes yes. West? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it almost fits. I know. I was like, I can't say that it's Ingrid she's because amazing. she's amazing, and yeah. I I would stalk her. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Ingrid Goes West, fake honorable mention. Yeah. My first and only honorable mention is Christian Grey from the Fifty Shades of Grey nice. series. Nice. <laughs> because he's a real gaslight gatekeep yeah. manipulator, and yeah. I'm scared of him. There's no reason for her at the end of that movie to not break up with him and go to therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's shocking that there's two more movies. Yeah, when he's like, don't drink the wine! Yeah. I wonder if there's like, you know those trailers that they make where they bend the genre? Yeah. yeah. They should make one like that, but it's like a stalker scary movie. It should be. I wonder he if they have one. He finds where her work is. Yeah. He buys her a new computer. He yeah. sells her car. Yeah. He sneaks into her house. Yeah. He Super does scary. so many scary things. Yeah. Um, that's an honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> My real answer is the 2007 Hitcher starring no! Scene Bean. <laughs> Scene Bean is so scary in that movie. He like <laughs> gets in their car in the middle of the night. It's raining. He holds them at knife point. He throws her cell phone out the car. He kills a whole family. Yeah. He rips someone apart with a truck. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god. He's just, I think it's funny how like that movie is like a thriller and I guess maybe a horror movie, but it's like it goes there. It's really yeah. intense. He does so many bad things. Well, shoot, that leads right into my honorable mention. <laughs> it's the original Hitcher. No, Scene Bean. <laughs> and uh, I was when I was like thinking about it in my head, I was like He's so ruthless in that movie. And then to myself, I went, Ruthless Hauer, because his name's Rucker Hauer. (laughs) 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 Okay, another honorable mention, because it's not film, but, like, I literally refer to this person as Stalker Blank is Stalker Derek from One Tree Hill. Oh, hell yes. Stalker he's, Derek. He's the best he stalker. He is so scary. He gets a tattoo of her. He cuts up a poor sex worker's I, leg to match paint. He makes the sex worker wear the wig that looks like paint. And then he's like, I'm going to pretend I shot you in the leg. I forgot all about that. Stalker Derek is on another level. He's the best one, but he's it's on not level. film, so it doesn't count. But, like, I think it's the best count. one. <laughs> Um, but then my real answer, since we're doing film, but it's also, like, takes a twist at the end, is Robin Williams from One Hour Photo. I knew that was gonna be your pick. Yeah. Scary, scary. He's super scary, and then, like, the ending, I mean, he's still scary, but you're like, dang, this is dark. It's sorry, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny. But he's really scary, though. That movie, I think, like, as children, I didn't watch it as a child, I watched it with you, but it's, like, as a child, you're like, that's the scary photo movie, and then as an adult, you're like, oh, that's a big-time bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for my honorable mention, I have When a Stranger Calls. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was pretty scary. But then I guess, didn't you recently kind of, like in the past couple of years, rewatch it and it was like a fart? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a fart. <laughs> but, I mean, the call is coming from inside the house. Iconic. And yeah. you don't ever see him, so that was kind of scary as yeah. well. You yeah. see him at the end, you see a flash of his face as he looks through the cop car window. Mm. Yeah, that's Spoilers right. for When a Stranger that's Calls. That's interesting. That is pretty yeah. good, like, storytelling if you, you don't see the scary thing, like, yeah. the whole time and you're still scared. It is nice, yeah, because you get sick of looking at Michael Myers yeah. over and yeah. over again. <laughs> Also an honorable mention, because I don't think he's necessarily a stalker, he's more like an assassin, but the thin man from Charlie's Angels. That was going to be my answer, but I was like, but then they make out. (laughs) I know. And I'm like, also, do I find him scary or sexy? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Creepy (laughs) thin man. It's a difficult dichotomy that I'm dealing with here. (laughs) But my real answer is the three scary intruders from the Strangers movie. Terrifying. Mm. So scary. That's a true story. No, it's not. (laughs) 
I was like, no, I'm, like <laughs> I'm not going to say anything As long about as you've that. learned, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the idea is very scary. Yeah. And like, I can't remember which teacher that I was talking to. Maybe we all had the same teacher who talked about this, but something about how there was a serial killer who went around like going to back doors and whichever one was open, he felt like they wanted him to come in and get them. It's just like by happenstance. It's like, it kind of like rings true to that. I feel like, you know, I think it's like it, I really lump it with the purge and just like, they are really unsettling to me in a very specific way where it's like, Half, I think, because of the masks, but also just the, like, I'm going to keep doing this until I've completed my task. Yeah. It's like, it's they so won't str- give up. Yeah, it's because they have the upper hand, and nobody fights back the way that the family in Us does. Yeah, Like, yeah. the family in Us has the exact same energy, but then you got Winston Duke coming out, and he's like, I will kill you! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, like, want to get crazy! Yeah, they act. They call the police. They do all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, and if that movie were not about the whole tethered world coming yeah. above ground, like, there would be no movie because he, they would have fucked up that family. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they did I, good stuff. I think what's so scary about that the, that trio and the strangers is their confidence, too, that they they yeah. are going yeah. to. It's like they're not concerned about, oh, will they get away at all? Like, they have complete confidence that they're going to accomplish whatever they're there right. to do. And they're powerless against them, and that's so scary. Yeah. yeah. Those were the questions. Those were the Those questions. were the answers. <laughs> <laughs> and those were the thoughts. So we just watched the trailer. Okay, so a couple things before um, predictions is just part of the reason I wanted to do this is because I used to watch this like a lot as a kid, just because I think my mom and Vince really liked it. And there's like some parts that are burned into my memory, and I haven't seen it in forever. So I was like, I'm really curious to see how that holds up as an adult. So that's that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Kevin Costner is the stalker. No, he's not. <laughs> Bad take. <laughs> Before I got to the end of the trailer, though, I was like, that's going to be my guess. That's so funny. No, they're going to make out. It's in romance, you know. I literally know nothing about this film. I know nothing about this film. I well, definitely... you're lucky I let you watch the trailer. What's her name? Rachel. Oh, they said that. And his name's Frank Farmer? Yes. All right, Rachel and Frank are going to fall in love because adrenaline. He's saving her from these dire situations, and he's getting to watch her be a goddess on the stage. Mm-hmm. I think maybe she'll have, like, a friend mm-hmm. who's like, you've fallen in love with your bodyguard. <laughs> I will say she has a sister. Okay, so she has a sister, and the sister's going to get got by the stalker. Mm. Sister's getting cut. We're thinking casualties? No. Just hurt. <laughs> oh, cut, literally cut. Dobby only meant to name. <laughs> so I feel fucking drunk from the chawing ch- <laughs> socks, guys. <laughs> I was high for like five seconds. I, I want it again. Uh, that, those are my thoughts. Okay. Dang. But he, what he didn't expect was to fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't expect to be bodyguarding a goddess. No, yeah. his former client was Reagan. Boo! Boo, Reagan. And Ooh. as much as he wanted to fuck Reagan, Reagan didn't want to fuck he him. couldn't, because Reagan kept getting shot. <laughs> I think that one of them is going to die. Oh, jeepers. I think he will die. Mm. If I someone's think dying, die. it's him. No, she cannot die. <laughs> do you have leading questions or things we didn't Let's touch see. on? Um, okay, what do you think about the explosion? Yeah, so he's a roadie who rigs the pyrotechnics for her act, Ooh. <laughs> but he wants to blow her up on a barge. 
Yeah, why do movies in this era always have like barges blowing? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the fucking like face something off on the boats. water. Yeah, I think it must have been a pyrotechnics issue where they're like Maybe, the only yeah. safe that's area probably, that we can blow it up is in the water. That's probably fucking true. That was definitely yeah. part of it. Like like fucking water world. Yeah, like yeah, water yeah. world. Maybe Kevin Costner is afraid of land. <laughs> I love water world. Fire and land. He does yeah. not like. Yeah. He likes fire and he likes land, but not together. Not together. So he's like that stunt will be on the water, yeah. and they're like, but sir, we wrote it. That it's at her concert. He goes, water! <laughs> um, okay. There will be a really big climax at the end. Where do you think it'll take place? It's like a really big event like that they're leading up to the whole movie. Her concert? The Grammys. The, uh, the Grammys. Do you want me to tell you if you get it right? Yes. So okay. obviously not the Grammys. No. Uh, the Super Bowl. No. Super Bowl. Wow. Like maybe she's a halftime performer. Oh. A benefit. I feel concert. like you started to say it and then you didn't. The so Oscars? It's the Oscars. It's the Oscars. Oh, okay. She's also an actress. Oh. Jesus! God, what like can't, Whitney Houston. What can she do? Okay. She's singing and she's performing in this movie that has her singing and performing she, in a movie. She doesn't... We don't see her acting, but she is an actress. That is hilarious, I think. <laughs> I, I find that yeah. highly entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> okay. At our Oscars, the most exciting thing is they... they Moonlight. They, Moonlight, you won Best Picture, whereas this one, it's like, no, somebody's going to descend from the rafters mm. and stab her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling like some slight Phantom of the Opera vibe nice. here. You know, or maybe he's like forcing, he's like, sing for me. Like, you have to sing. Oh, that was also one of my stalker answers. But I was like, but he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Is like he scary or sexy? No, he's yeah. hot. Yeah. And she should have ended up with him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Listen, Raul. they were a power couple. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Raul, Raul just wants to keep her down. Raul is a simp. Well, actually, Eric's a fucking simp. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's really good. There's actually, like, some of your predictions are, like, spot on. That's really? Cool. So, yeah. All right. It's so weird when we... We haven't done a split-up episode in a while, and I'm like, whoa, we're getting, like, right into it. Oh, my God, Kimmy, look out! If only I had a bodyguard! <laughs> <laughs> I'll only take a I pillow for you. <laughs> Every girl's... You guys... There's a part of this movie that I'm literally like, I was like almost crying laughing today and I can't wait to tell you. So, some fun facts to start off. Yay! You know that poster of him carrying her, the body? Nope. You don't know that poster? I don't know anything about this movie. You've seen the poster. It's just her in his arms. Yeah. Is there rain? Is it nighttime? I think, yeah, it's in like the alley. Anywho, uh, found out the woman on the poster is not <gasps> Whitney Houston. What? Oh my it's her body double. It's her uh, bodyguard. It's her bodyguard and Kevin her body Costner. double. Is it Kevin Costner's that body double? That is some meta <laughs> no, it, stuff. You can see Kevin Costner's face, but the girl's face is turned away. That's hilarious. Whitney, truly, what were you doing that day? I, oh my god, her I, bodyguard is holding the bodyguard. That's what we, the body double. <laughs> I know, but I just said bodyguard because it makes good for the joke. This movie is now called the body double. The body double. <laughs> This one I was kind of shocked by. Pretty cool. You know how I said it was nominated for two Oscars for Best Song? It was the. It is and remains the best-selling soundtrack of all time. No. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. I, I double-checked. I've bought two Twilight soundtrack CDs, <laughs> and I've bought two Titanic soundtrack well, CDs. Well, where the fuck's your bodyguard CD? I will never. <laughs> what if I three Titanic CDs? It's honestly probably just because, like, any new movie that comes out now, people aren't purchasing it, you Probably know? Not, yeah. But back then, it was like the height, and Whitney Houston was so popular, so. Oh my god. That's so interesting. I know. Wow. Yeah. Kevin Costner fought for Whitney to be in this during the casting process. He was one of the producers, and so he had like a big say in who was in it. And they became very close, and this I thought was like kind of cute and also kind of silly. 
Um, I guess he was, like, giving her acting lessons on set in exchange for her giving him singing lessons. Really? I thought that was cute because it's, like, I just feel like acting is so much more teachable than singing, and I just like that little bond for them. I hope he was, like, a decent singer. Last fun fact that you're gonna be like, what? Whoa. Crazy. There was a sequel in the works. <gasps> what? But instead of Whitney Whoa. Houston, it was going to be a new person he was protecting. <gasps> Tweet a guess. If you want him. Wait, can you have what a year? It is a um, famous person uh, who is not famous for being like a like a celebrity. She is famous for for a different thing. Like so not sports? a singer, not a singer, not an actress. What year? Uh, yes. Late nineties. Not a singer. Not Mid an to late nineties. She's just a personality. A person who had two movies this year. This year? Yeah. Princess Diana. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is dark. The yeah. day. Oh no. The day they gave him the script for the movie, the next day she passed away. Oh my That's God. horrible. Yeah. So that is wild to think that we could have gotten that movie, but um, yeah. That's the last of my facts. Movie opens. On Kevin Costner, whose name, like we talked about from the trailer, his Frank name is Farmer. Oh, you remembered it. Wow, yes. Horny, whoa. That was only ten minutes ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so Frank Farmer. And he's holding a man down in a parking garage. Like, he's got this man, you know, face down. And he's holding a gun in the other hand at another man that it looks like he is shot. Hmm. We then see Frank talking to his boss. And his boss is like, how did you know? And he goes... Well, I saw men going down to wash cars in the parking garage, and they don't wash cars on that parking level. And his boss is like, oh my god, you're the best bodyguard. You know who would be perfect for you? Princess Di. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, are you sure you can't stick around? And, and Frank is like, no, I don't stay in one place for very long, basically, is what he implies. And so this is like his last day on the job. He did what he had to do. Now he's moving on. We then see this like quick cut scene where we're at some kind of event with Rachel Marin, who is played by Whitney Houston, mm. and there's this big explosion, and that's all we see. Back to Frank, he's in his backyard, and this man named Devaney, who, he was in the trailer, so you must have seen him, but I didn't realize this until I looked up his IMDb. This man is played by Estes from I Still Know What You Did This Summer. <laughs> oh my god, are you serious? His real name is Bill Cobbs, but I was like, Oh, oh yeah, no, I yeah, remember. Bill Cobbs. Yeah. I remember. And I'm like, I was like, oh my god, that's so funny. And so he's in Frank's backyard, and he's asking him to be Rachel's bodyguard. Mm. And Frank is like, I don't do celebrities. But Devaney is really trying to convince him, and he's like, no, well, she has an eight-year-old son she's worried about. <gasps> we didn't know that. Oh no, you God. didn't. Oh, my Spice, spice. And so, yeah, she's worried about her eight-year-old son. And, Frank, and her ex-husband. <laughs> and Frank goes, I'll consider it for 3000 a week, which I was like, Jesus Christ, even, that was in 90s money? My God. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm poor. Um, <laughs> and then Devaney is like, I'd like to see, basically, if I'm going to pay you that much money, I want to see how good you are. And so Frank is like, okay. And he gets up and he has like a bunch of these little like throwing knives. And there's a post kind of far away. And he throws one and it misses so fucking badly. And then he takes another one and he like kind of accidentally tosses it behind him. And Devaney's like, what the fuck? And he goes to throw the third one. And he like even tells Devaney to move because he's like, I don't want to hit you. And then he was just fucking with him. He throws three like perfectly in a row. And I have this like 
vivid flashback of watching this with Vince and him just thinking that was the best. Like, yeah, what a bro. Like, he made him think that he can't throw, but then he throws so good. I hope 90s Vince said exactly that. <laughs> what is that? Dude, he's a hella good bro. In my mind, he's wearing a backwards hat. <laughs> and Kayleen is wearing a tinier backwards hat as a child. <laughs> no, it's actually a tiny one that you pin in with bobby pins. Yeah. Frank rolls up to the gate at Rachel's house, this big-ass fucking mansion, and he says, this part was in the trailer, Frank Farmer to see Miss Marin. And it's kind of like, the the box to get into the gate is all, like, fucked up, so you can't really, like, hear. It's very Uh-oh. scratchy and stuff. And the guy's like, huh? And he goes, Alexander Graham Bell to see Miss Marin. And they open the gate. And he comes in. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes in. And he um, sees the chauffeur, and the chauffeur is, like, washing the limo. And he kind of, like, stops Frank, and he's like, whoa, whoa, who are you? And he's like, Edison, here to see Miss Marin. So he's fucking with them. He's fucking with them. They don't know what to do. They're terrible security guards. Mm. Exactly, Courtney. They don't reveal that for a really long time, but you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Edison, here to see Miss Marin. And he says, Mr. Devaney sent me, which at least he, like, name-dropped, but still. Yeah. And the driver's like, okay. And he lets him toward the house. When he gets to the front door, he rings the doorbell. An older woman answers. Maybe it's her mom. They never really say who it is. Um, But she says, you know, who are you here to see? He says, Henry Ford, here to see Miss Marin. And she lets him in. Sorry, are all these people dumb as rocks? <laughs> like, Edison at least could be, like, someone else's last name. Yeah. To say Henry Ford, and Alexander Graham Bell is a three-namer. A three-namer, yeah. yeah. Did you guys not take a history class? And it almost makes me think they they think they misunderstood him, and they don't want to be, like, Henry Rude. Ford, really, yeah. you know, yeah. or something. But anyway, yeah, he gets all the way to the front. And they explain it later, but I was just going to ask you guys if you knew why, but that's exactly why. He's trying to see how easy it is to get inside. Yeah. He enters a room where Rachel and some dancers are recording part of a music video, and when she's done, Devaney introduces her and Frank, and she kind of flirtily says, you don't look like a bodyguard. I was expecting a tough guy. And he says, this is my disguise. And she's like, oh, he's quick. We also meet Nikki, which is Rachel's sister. Tony, which is her current security, he's not like a bodyguard, but kind of, mm-hmm. and then Cy, which is her publicist. So there's these people in her life. They're Cy's, always named Cy. Cy's evil. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel doesn't really like the idea of a bodyguard, and she's like, well, as long as it doesn't alter my life, that's fine. Also, I don't want Fletcher, which is her son, to know why you're here. Like, he shouldn't be aware of what's going on. I don't <laughs> want to scare it. I made a mean face at the name Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> How old is her son? Uh, eight. Eight. Um, so as she's kind of saying all these things, he goes, it was so nice to meet you, I actually can't do this job. And he, like, walks out. And Devaney is following him, he's like, what's going on? And he's like, I can't protect her properly if she's not gonna let me do what I need to do, if she has all these fucking rules, I'm not doing it. And he's like, well, just, just hold on a second. Like one rule. There's more, I just didn't write them all. <laughs> okay. But she's just being very, it seems like she's very upset that he's there and, like, doesn't even want to know that he's there. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, I need to protect you, so you're going to have to see me around. I will carry you through an alleyway. I will. In the rain. So Devaney is like, wait here, I need to show you something. And Frank's like, okay, so he's, like, waiting out by the pool, and Fletcher approaches with this little toy boat. 
And so he, like, brings the boat up to him, but Frank's like, oh, I actually don't like boats. And he's like, <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> and he goes, why? And he said, Frank says, I don't know. And Fletcher kind of pushes this, like, no, you know why, because he's a smart little kid. And Frank goes, I was once stuck on a boat for four months. And he doesn't explain it, which made me feel like this was a Waterworld joke, but Waterworld might have come out after I actually, Aww. in the moment right now, I'm realizing I didn't fact check that. I think it but did. But no, in no, my no. head, it seemed like know. a Waterworld joke, and I thought that was funny. I feel like Waterworld was probably before. Waterworld came out after. Okay. No! Wait, Wait, dang. 95. 95. Fletcher then asks if he's the bodyguard. Which it's like she didn't want him to know, but he's smart and what what else is this fucking guy doing here? And he goes, Well, what do you know about it? And the little kid says, I've got ears. So it's like his mom's not giving him much credit. Also, she's probably so busy that she doesn't think he's paying attention, but yeah. he is. Devaney comes back and he brings like Fletcher's gone away or he takes Frank to another place or something, but he brings him like tons of creepy fucking letters and pictures that are from a stalker. And there's, like, all these disturbing images. Like, some of them are, like, drawings of her dead. Ew. Like, some of them are, like, just cut-out magazine words. There's, like, all this scary stuff. Fletcher did it. <laughs> and Fletcher did it. Art project. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cy is there as well, the publicist guy. And Cy, like, is going to give him shit for the entire fucking movie. And he kind of asks about his time in the Secret Service, because Frank was in the Secret Service before. And he asks who he's protected, and one of the people he says is Reagan. And he goes, but Reagan got shot. And he's like, yeah, but not when I was working. <laughs> Frank asks if he thinks these letters are connected to the explosion that happened in that cutscene we saw earlier. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't tell her that the explosion was, like, on purpose. We told her it was a short circuit. So she doesn't really know about any of this shit. She doesn't know about the letters. She doesn't know the explosion might have been an attack. She doesn't know anything. And they were like, well, we also didn't tell the police because no one got hurt. But in the beginning, when he was walking up to the house, the chauffeur had, like, a thing on his arm. Ooh. And so Frank goes, well, the chauffeur was hurt. And Cy goes, it was nothing. Which is kind of rude, almost as if he doesn't think the chauffeur matters. Devaney then asks Frank to come see Rachel's room, which is this really fancy room that they decorated, apparently, for, like, a magazine shoot that shows, um like, famous people's bedrooms, but it's not actually the room she sleeps in. Hmm. But everyone would have seen it in this magazine and thinks that it's actually where she sleeps. It's really fancy and, like, beautiful and all this shit. And they say that all these letters that they showed him, they found on the fucking bed. Yeah. And he's like, okay, so someone was in the house. And they say, yes, Rachel does not know about it. And also, whoever left them masturbated on the bed. <gasps> I don't like that detail. I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, I remember as a kid being like, that's <laughs> um, Frank now understands that this is a really big deal and he says he'll do it but he can't follow all of her strict rules someone's gonna have to have a talk with her and Sai is like I'll do it it's fine and so he accepts the job we then see a creepy creepo man with blonde hair that's kind of like shoulder length and wavy and we don't see his face but we see him from like the back and we see him cutting out scary magazine letters and making a little note for Rachel it's Derek it fucking looks like Derek, like, to be honest. Derek! <laughs> it looks like Derek. And oh. yeah, as he's, like, cutting out these letters, and they're scary stuff, it's like, you have everything, I have nothing, like, fuck you, you bitch, like, I will marry bitch, just weird, scary Does stuff. Does he love her or hate her? It's we don't, we don't really, situation. I know, it is, it is. Um, and so, while he's doing this, he's watching, like, footage of her on this little TV, singing the song, I Have Nothing, 
which is one of the songs that was nominated for this film. But this movie gets really meta because they're talking about how she's singing the song I Have Nothing that's in the movie she's in that she might get nominated for an Oscar for. Oh. Like, the movie within the movie. And so, so in the movie she's going to get nominated for an Oscar for that song? For her acting, and they imply hmm. that it's like a lip sync. Later in the movie they talk about the person who is getting the credit for that song and it's not her. Oh, Ooh. Okay, I'm even yeah, more same. confused now. Okay, like, we think she's the Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born getting nominated within the movie, but instead she's just somebody singing and it's another person doing the song. But the song is actually sung by Whitney Houston yes. and it was in real life nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> yes. That's really stupid. Why not just let it be her? Why isn't she just a singer in the movie? It, it just has to do with storytelling later. It would fuck it up. She has to, oh. she has to present... An award. Spoilers, but she has to present an award for the song, and it wouldn't make sense if she presented for herself. Oh, that's dumber than dumb because she. <laughs> I get she's it. Really I get it. It's yeah. gonna be like in Miss Congeniality when she gets the crown, but it's like when she opens the letter, it's like, and the Oscar goes too, and then Cy goes, no one. I should. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to toss off her crown because there's a bomb in it. In the crowd. <laughs> Okay, I, I get it now, because she's presenting the Oscar. Yeah. If I'm nominated for an Oscar, I better not be presenting that year. Same way, do you know why he was probably high as fuck? James Franco? What? <laughs> oh. James Franco, they made him host the Oscars the year he was nominated for a leading actor yeah. an Oscar. Yeah. He probably was like, well, I guess I didn't win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? And then got baked as a snake. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like that. It is weird to present when you're nominated. Exactly. Yes. Um, and again, spoilers, they don't say she's nominated yet, but she's <laughs> nomination. I get it. Okay. Anywho. This, this podcast <laughs> is for us and us only. <laughs> this fucking explanation, I'm just going to like tell you who the fucking stalker is right now. You better have seen the bodyguard, otherwise get out. <laughs> okay. So then the chauffeur, whose name is Henry, comes to like officially meet Frank because last time he met him, he said, I'm Edison. Yeah. And he's like, kind of makes a joke about that. And Frank tosses him, like, some cream for his arm because it's a burn injury. And um, he says, Henry, I'm going to make you my assistant. And he's like, says who? And then this is the part that was also in the trailer where he basically has this long little, not a monologue, but it's like this short little thing where he's like, something I've noticed in this business is like, no matter how incompetent the assassin, no matter blah, 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 all these things, he goes, one person always gets hurt. And he says, who's that? He goes... The cocky black chauffeur, mm. which I feel like is supposed to be a joke, and like I don't really know why he says it that way. I feel like the intention is, it's the person who thinks they're safe, who like people don't, and so he's basically saying you need to be more careful because you're gonna be in the line of fire and no one's gonna be fucking protecting you, and he like laughs at it and they become buds, I guess. Insert a montage of Frank and Henry like being buds because now he has more work to do. They're feeding Henry. each other ice cream sundays. Yes, they're having seductive long looks. So they're like securitying up the place. They're like installing all this shit, walking around, taking notes. They even go on this little like baby driver joyride where he's kind of teaching him how to like drive other than in oh. a chauffeur capacity in case they need to get out of a situation. Skirt, 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 skirt. <laughs> <Yate>! skirt. <laughs> yes, uh, tequila. Frank is, like, wandering around the property to look, I don't know, look for security shit. And he kind of, like, sneaks up on a little dance studio where Nikki, the sister, is dancing. And he kind of, like, interrupts her song and is like, oh, I'm sorry, whatever. But they kind of have a little bit of a flirty chat for a bit as well. 
And Nikki is like, oh, it's okay. I'm the only one who uses the studio space because um, they're talking about, like, the security stuff. And there's even, like, some pictures on the wall of her being in the band with Rachel in the past. And mm. she's like, yeah, we used to do music together, but, like, I don't really do that stuff anymore because it was clear who the star was. So, like, I'm, I wasn't going to be able to God, make it is she a baddie? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> nobody comes into this place except for me. Is it her And my knives. <laughs> Also, will you tell us whenever we see a blonde man? <laughs> a blonde man. Oh, yeah. From now on, every new person that you introduce, <laughs> You're like, that's it. I'm going to imagine them as blonde, and whichever one Until I say feels they're not. like yeah. the most accurate choice, that's who I'm yeah. going to choose. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> we then see that Frank has taken the one of the letters... Oh, no. The, the newest letter. The one that we saw the blonde guy making in his creepy oh, little okay. office... They get that letter, he takes it to his, like, government friends that he's made during all his bodyguarding or whatever, and gives it to them for analysis, and they're like, okay, we'll, we'll give it back to you in a few days, but it all seems pretty typical, like, the wording and all this stuff, and there's no fingerprints on it, so it's gonna be kind of hard. Rachel is now leaving an event, and she's got, like, the whole crew is there, and she's signing autographs in the limo, and Tony, the, again, like, the security guard guy, is kind of trying to, like, tell Frank how things are around here. Like, everybody's trying to fucking do that to Frank. But he's not really paying attention because he notices that there's a car following them. Oh, no. And yeah. so he and Henry kind of have a little communication because they're tight and Henry's the only one not trying to, like, fucking mansplain. <laughs> I know he's a man, but, like, still. So they're kind of, like, working together where he's like, do you see that? Oh, yeah. And he's like, do you want me to go here? Blah, blah, blah. And they pull up to the house and Frank, like, gets out and tries to cut through the property to kind of, like, go chase the car to go see the license plate. And it's this little sequence where he's trying to get to the car, but ultimately he doesn't see the license or anything. It's kind of like a... It kind of looks like a Bronco. I don't really know anything about cars, but it's, like, that shape of a car. Rachel is then shown laying by the pool, and she keeps getting, like, increasingly annoyed because there's all these people on the property installing all this security stuff and just being in her space. And she, like, kind of has a freak out. And she yells at Devaney for hiring Frank, and she's like, Frank told me that I can't go to brunch with my friends on Sunday, and that's a thing that her and, like, her girlfriends do every Sunday. So she's like, what the Not fuck? Not giving a girl her brunch? Yeah, can you believe? <laughs> no, I cannot believe. <laughs> Kimmy, you say that, like, we go to brunch all the time. We've been to brunch, like, maybe once since the pandemic. But can you imagine if Kevin Costner was like, you can't go to brunch once I'd in a year? I'd be like, this or I'm fucking going to brunch. Yeah. <laughs> And there's even, like, I didn't write this down, but there's this funny line where he's like, why don't you go on Tuesday? And Sai's like, Tuesday? Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> what, like a poor person? <laughs> Sunday is for brunch, bitch. Uh, but he's like, I don't want you doing anything that you've always done, because people are going to, like, catch on. That's that makes you vulnerable. She's like, well, I need to eat, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Joke's and, on you, homie. <laughs> and Nick, they're also in the kitchen during this conversation. They've, like, moved inside. And Nikki suggests that Frank being here is best for Fletcher, so she should, like, be more cooperative. And while Nikki is mid-speaking, she turns on the blender, which is, like, so bitchy. Um, <laughs> and then Frank takes her shopping. Like, doesn't take her shopping, but she wants to go shopping, and he has to go with her. And because it's just the two of them, she's kind of venting about how people think she's a bitch. It's right after we saw her turn on the blender, so we're kind of like, that's a little bitchy. <laughs> and she goes, I didn't start out this way, but once people start saying that you're a bitch, like, you've kind of just become a bitch. So I leaned into it, and now I feel like that's just who I am. And he's like, well, I don't think that's a good reason. People can be whoever they want to be. And she gets kind of upset with him because all of his answers are very, like, 
one word. He's not really engaged. He's just there to protect her, and she wants him to be, like, a friend. And he kind of implies that he doesn't mix business with pleasure. Can't be For personal. now. <laughs> Can't be personal. Until yeah. it's until it's P and V. Until P and V. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty sad. Kimmy. <laughs> uh, back at the house, Frank is watching Rachel's music video for another. This is the second song that was nominated for an Oscar. It's called Run to You. He's watching this, and Rachel, from, because he's kind of like in a guest house type thing, and she sees him watching it from the main house, mm. and is kind of like, hmm, like, maybe he's doing it for research, or maybe he's just into me, you know? He's then later checking the limo. He's, like, checking underneath to make sure no one has put, I don't know, explosives or something underneath. But, so, yeah, he's checking the car. And Rachel comes out, and she's, like, in a whole outfit, and everybody, you know, all the people I've mentioned before are, like, with her, and they're walking out like they're going somewhere. And he's like, what the fuck, where are you guys going? And she says, she's performing at a club tonight. He's like, well, no one fucking told me this, and he really doesn't approve, but she's just gonna do what she wants to do. So he hands her this little brooch that's shaped like a cross. And she's like, oh, this is so beautiful, (laughs) and thinks it's amazing, and he says... If you press that little jewel in the middle, it'll send a radio signal to me that you're in trouble. So now it's automatically lost its romantic value, but she still holds on to it, but you can tell she's, like, kind of pissed. At the club, Rachel has a letter waiting for her in the dressing room, and she opens it up, and it looks like all the other letters we've been seeing. Devaney is there when she opens this, and he goes, oh, they sent another one, to which she goes, another one? He then tells her about how people have been leaving these in her house, and again, this was in the trailer, but she's like, someone's been in my house. Like, she had no idea. She's clearly shaken. She didn't realize the extent of why they needed Frank there, so now things are a little bit different. Yeah. But she still insists on performing at this club, even though someone fucking left that in the dressing room, so it's probably not safe. As she's performing, the camera keeps, like, cutting to Frank because, you know, he's trying to, like protect her and keep an eye out for her but then and like you know tensions are getting high and stuff and Sai is backstage and keeps telling him to chill out and like you know if her career is over then she's dead anyway so like she might as well perform that kind of shit where he's like if if you just make her stay in her house all day then she might as well be dead and all of a sudden while she's performing this man gets on stage and is like dancing with her And everyone kind of freaks out, and Frank goes to get the man off, but she puts her hand up, like, no, it's okay. But then all of a sudden, this one man turns into fucking, like, everyone is crowding the stage, and she's starting to get freaked out. Then she gets, like, kind of pushed into the crowd, so she's almost, like, body surfing, but, like, none of this is her idea, and she's, like, super freaked out, and it's, like, kind of violent, and they fucking rip her necklace off, and, like, (gasps) shit goes everywhere, And she's starting to get really freaked out, and Frank obviously knows shit has hit the fan, so he runs and gets a fire extinguisher and, like, gets everyone who's (laughs) near her, and they kind of put her down, and he picks her up in his arms. Are you ready? (laughs) He picks her up in his arms, and he has to, like, push people out of the way to get free, and there's, like, this one guy in his way, and he decks him right in the face. They, like, kind of lock eyes with Tony from across the room, and Tony's like, I'll clear a path for you. And he goes out the door to where the limo's supposed to be. But psych, he gets out there in the rain, and there's no limo. And Tony's like, what the fuck? It's super scary, except then we see that this is all part of the plan, 
and Frank and Rachel went out another door where they apparently told Henry to go earlier in the night in Mm. case shit went awry. And so, like, they escape by themselves. Ooh, I like that. Which is a good plan, but then, like, you fucked over Tony, and now he's really, really mad. As people are cleaning up the club, we see blonde man. We don't see his face. But we see blonde man grab a piece of Rachel's costume Ew, off the stop floor. it, Karen. <laughs> she's doing it. She's miming it with her hands. She's already miming it. I don't like it. He grabs a piece of, like, her glove or something, and he, like, pets it, and he smells it. Disgusting. Oh, my God. What I'm doing Creepy with thin man. It's the thin man. <laughs> it's like the hair. <laughs> then he goes, ah! <laughs> like, in the fucking movie. Scary as fuck. Uh, okay. The next day, we see Rachel jogging around, and she invites Frank to take a walk with her. She admits that after last night, she does want him around, and she's, like, agreeing to cooperate. She feels kind of bad. She's like, however, I have a little bit of a problem with you being here, though. Now that you're here, like, how am I supposed to go on dates? Are you gonna go on dates with me? Like, that doesn't really make sense. What if I, what if I want to bring a man back home and, like, spend the night with him? Are you supposed to tag along? So I guess the only solution here is that you take me on a date. <gasps> Slutty. I know. Sneaky, <laughs> And she she does say, though, like, only if you want to. I don't want to, like, force you to go on a date with me. But he doesn't really answer, and the scene changes. But it's implied they're going to go on a fucking date. Mm-hmm. We see Henry taking the limo to get washed professionally, but as he's waiting for his car outside... There's someone being creepy creepy in his car, and they find one of those pictures she was autographing, like, scenes before. So he Henry's getting it. his car washed? Yes. Wasn't he washing his car when we first met him? Yeah, I guess he's getting a deep clean or something. I don't know. Okay. But so this guy, like, pulls a picture of her out of the car, and he goes to his locker at work, and he opens the locker, <laughs> and there's tons of fucking pictures of her. Oh, it's no. a little, like, shrine. We love a good murder wall. Yeah, no. it's a little murder locker. Love and it. And we do see his face for the first, second time. He's just the guy who gets decked in the face when they're moving through the crowd at the club. Okay. So um. just a fan? He was just a fan in the crowd. Um, and But they do, like, linger on him for a bit, and he has, like, such blonde hair that it seems kind of, like... Seems like a weird okay, coincidence. Okay, so... Damn it, I didn't even think well, about I mean, that I guy being say blonde. It. <laughs> it's just some white cis male. Oh, He's guess just that Wilfred. guy. Just that scary guy. Um, yeah, so it's revealed he has this little thing, and that's who that is. Rachel and Frank go to a movie for their little date type thing. Then they go to a bar afterwards, and they're having this nice little chat. And I maybe wouldn't have even included this, except that it talks about something you guys were guessing in our in our predictions. Um, she wonders if Frank would still be able to protect her if things were to go bad. And he's like, well, yeah, I would die for you. That's the job. And she's like, oh, that's kind of, like, she's never really thought about that before, that he would actually, like, die for her. And she asks him if he's ever been in love. And he says, yes, I was, but it was a long time ago. I don't really like to talk about it. And she's, like, kind of laughing. And she's like... (laughs) What, she didn't die, did she? No. <laughs> Jesus, Rachel. Yeah. Have some tact. And he's not answering, and she goes, you weren't, like, protecting her, and she got killed. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> like, that's not it, is she it? She wasn't, like, the lover of your oh life God. for you to watch die in your arms, she you didn't fucking Rachel baby. join the podcast? <laughs> she should have done the prediction. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, is it? And he nods. <gasps> and she's like, 
oh my god, I'm so sorry, that was so inappropriate, blah, 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 blah. And then he laughs, and oh. he's like, that's not actually what happened. Ah, that's funny. I don't <laughs> think that's funny. That's a slut right there. <laughs> Both of them are sluts for different reasons. <laughs> she was slutty first. Like, what kind of person's like, did she die? <laughs> and he's like, she died. He's like, eh, I gotcha. No, actually, I have a gambling addiction, and my wife divorced me. That, that would be funnier. Um, but no, he goes... She actually just fell out of love with me. Like, isn't that the tragedy? God, you said fell out of, and I was like, a window? <laughs> she I'm just so fell out of my moving actually, vehicle. She just fell out of a plane. I'm so scared of this movie. <laughs> it could go anywhere. The night out of crazy. love with me. Yeah, I would too, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. They then get on the dance floor at this little bar, and a cover of Dolly's I Will Always Love You comes on. By Whitney? <laughs> but it's not by Whitney, it's by some guy. And Rachel and Frank are, like, kind of romantically dancing, and she starts, she, like, tries to be goofy a lot, so she kind of starts laughing, and she's like, geez, this song's freaking depressing. And she's kind of trying to make a joke of it, but it's also a romantic song, and so they're, like, nuzzling up together and dancing all romantically. Nuzzling. Love this that word. This is a fast romance. It yeah. is. He then takes her back to his place, and he's showing her, this, like, sounds really creepy, his but dick. I didn't know, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't know how to write this, but he's, like, showing Kimmy's her. Kimmy's in her own explanation, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's explaining to herself. You'd think that Kimmy had drank wine. I watched it, then later on in my life, I watched the movie, actually, yeah. and I'm like, I don't remember it like this. Yeah. yeah. Kimmy's Eminem drunk right now, and then when she watches it, she's like, that was a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> just okay there was no water <laughs> i expected a world stop on a boat my ass um but yeah he's showing her the basement which i don't really know why uh, it kind of sounds creepy but it's not he's just where like where the water bed is <laughs> no go ahead I'm sorry okay sorry. um she sees a cool sword on the wall and asks if she can look at it. And I maybe have told you guys about this scene before because it's like the only scene that's ingrained in my memory. She's like looking at this sword and she takes it out of the sleeve. She's kind of like whipping it around as he's sitting on the couch. And she even like kind of pretends to stab him with it. Like she's like getting it really close to him. Mm. And he carefully gets up without saying anything. She's kind of like smirking and stuff because she's being, you know, dangerous and silly. And he takes the silk scarf off around her neck and tosses it up in the air and it billows down. The blade is so sharp that it cuts the scarf in half. <gasps> Just from like the weight of the scarf falling on wow, it. Wow, that's terrifying. Which I don't think physics, I don't think that's like real that that would happen because like I feel like it would have to be a heavier object. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. It seems a little bit romanticized, but she's like, whoa. I didn't know the sword was so yes. fucking dangerous. She kind of puts it to the side. And then they make out! Oh my god. Because that's the sexiest scarf thing they've ever seen. <laughs> and we see them in bed together after this. They're kind of falling asleep together. And she says she feels safe with him and that no one could get past him. He's a pretty bad bodyguard. I don't think you should do this with your clients. Well, he actually yeah. makes a comment where he goes, well, right now I might be kind of vulnerable. And it's like, yeah, dude, you're not wearing any clothes or a gun or anything. He's a little nakey. <laughs> little nakey. Um, when they wake up, he's already getting dressed and realizes what they've done is a mistake. 
and she's trying to get him back in bed, but he's like, I can't do this. I'm not supposed to get involved with my clients. I can't protect you like this. Except I'm saying it more dramatically than he's ever said anything. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it's, it's kind of sad. Like, she's trying to argue about the situation, and he's like, you can either live with it or you can fire me. And he gets up and he leaves, which... I mean, yeah, it was a mistake to sleep with your client. Like, if you're emotionally involved, you're probably not going to be able to protect her as well. A lot of other factors, but he fucked it up. So he's like, either you can do that or you can fire me. At the house, Frank is now talking to Fletcher. And Nikki, the sister, comes out and shows him the paper that announces Rachel has been nominated for an Oscar. Brand new information. (laughs) (laughs) And she makes a comment about how the Oscar was a sure thing, much like Rachel herself, like, implying that she's a slut. It seems like she's not very pleased with them fucking. Her sister is saying this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she apologizes, but it's clear that she's not happy with their little relationship. Rachel's then performing at an event that celebrates this Oscar nomination, and at the after party, Frank runs into this old bodyguard friend of his. We've never seen him before, but he's there, and they kind of chat... And they're kind of making conversation, and Rachel comes up to interrupt, and she starts flirting with this friend, of course, because she's trying to make Frank jealous. And she leads this friend upstairs to this other, like, little room in the big-ass hotel suite that they have. So it's a room where you can see the room from the party, but it's kind of, like, detached from the party. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's taking him up there purposefully so that Frank will see all of this, and the guy's super into it. He's like, oh my god, you're a fucking superstar, of course. And they're making out, and things are getting heavy, and she realizes she doesn't actually want to do this, and, like, she's doing this for the wrong reasons, so she kind of tries to, like, get him off. And then he's, like, trying to force himself on her. Ew. And she ends up being able to make it to the door, and he tries to shut the door, being like, Uh -uh. no, we're not done here. And she goes, hey, Tony. And Tony's, like, pretty, hey, Tony. You're the one I love tiger. (laughs) (laughs) We beat you to it, Kimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she's like, hey, Tony. And he kind of turns, and she goes, he was just leaving. So she gets out of it because she, like, got his attention. that sucks still, though. It does suck. Um, And then it's just sad because she goes back in the room, and she's, like, sobbing, and we can tell that Frank is pissed because he walks out of the party. Frank then gets a call from those people that were analyzing the letters, and they say that they kind of have a bit of a lead because it was something to do with the glue he used. It's, like, this industrial glue. Maybe it's something they use at the car wash or something, but Mm. they're, like... The glue, it's a clue. The glue is a clue. And so they have a lead. We then see Rachel in her dressing room. This is still while they're at, like, that hotel place they were at. And she gets a phone call. And she picks it up, and she hears, Mommy? And she's like, oh, Fletcher's... (laughs) We haven't seen him in, like, 45 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) His face is, like, so upset. Oh, no. And she goes, Fletcher, is that you? And you guys, this part's, like, the scariest part of the movie. The voice on the other end goes, Uh no... No! It's like really Ew. scary. Ew. And she's super fucking freaked out because that's the scariest thing that's happened all movie, even <laughs> though he's tried to, like, explode her. <laughs> and um, then Frank, like, sees her outside smoking, very fucking scared. And this is after he's, like, had a tantrum downstairs. This is unfortunately my least favorite scene of hers, I think. She's, like, describing how scared she is, and just everything that comes out of her mouth is, like, so monotone. And, like, her mannerisms are fine, but it's just, she says, like, I hate that I'm afraid. I hate my fear. 
I get it now. I'm not mad at you anymore. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, can we pick another? I feel like you just gave <laughs> the exact performance I'm going to expect. <laughs> That's, yeah, this scene especially, I was just like, oh, baby. I'm trying to, you know, give both of you the benefit of the doubt. But that was, yeah. like, not a good scene. He says he will stay on only if she and her family agrees to go somewhere with him, like, remote where no one can get to them. And it's, like, somewhere where no one would be able to find them. And she says, I agree to do that. I will cancel the rest of my tour. Halfway point. Ooh. I think Rachel has agreed to go with Frank, but I think they're going to, like, be preparing to go, and she is going to, like, fake him out to try and, like, handle things on her own or something. Like, she feels like, you know, I don't want my son to get her. I don't want the man that I love to get her. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this guy what he wants. I'm going to find him and I'm trying to de-escalate the situation myself. I see. Like, you know? without him knowing them. Yeah, okay. because he, she knows he'll try to stop her. The original, like, random flashback we saw of a explosion, was that at her, I thought that was, like, at her show. It has, was, like, it was in real time. Has so it was, anything happened on the boat yet? No. You haven't seen wow. that explosion from the trailer yet. Oh, Dang, oh. I have no idea what's gonna happen on the boat. Henry wants to learn to drive a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to show for this boat. Yeah. He, she gets kidnapped at the Oscars, and he's oh. trying to find her, and then, like, she, you know, he's trying to take her away on a boat, and that's where, like, the resolution occurs, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like you were too on the money by saying it was at the Oscars. I feel like we are going to be at the Oscars. Oh, okay. When the climax happens. Okay. So maybe, like, the very next thing we're going to see is maybe her sister is in danger since her baby wasn't in danger, Mm -hmm. and it will be on a boat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What if it's a fake-out, like, where we think something terrible and climactic happens at the Oscars, and the killer gets caught, or I'm sorry, I'm saying killer, but, you know, I'm assuming he has malintentions Mm -hmm. in that way, like... He gets captured or arrested or whatever, right? And everything's happy and, and nice. And shit doesn't right? stop. But, like, Dave, he, you know, second-handedly, like, planted a bomb on the boat. Oh, I see. And we think that that's, like, the denouement or whatever, but actually there's an explosion. Jumping further, they're going to smooch, and the kid is going to be like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Rachel's going to be like, I'm dead. Oh my god, do you think Rachel's gonna die? I said that in the predictions. I'm probably not. <laughs> yeah. I, it sounds like there's no stakes. Maybe someone's silly, like. Predict a death. Tony. No, I think I said that to- He said Tony no, so fast. I, I, I think I said it Tony. at the predictions that Frank is gonna die. Like, I oh, think you he, did? Yeah. I don't think he, I think he's fine. Really? I think he's gonna die. <laughs> Alright, that's a great uh, ground for us to fight on. <laughs> no, yeah, it's one or the other. So. And then she sings. It's a- she sings, I will always love you at the end, and she sings it at his funeral. What leading questions do you have? Do you think they're going to go away? What? what, what? The stalker? No, no, no. Go oh. away to, a, like, a remote oh, place. No, oh, no, no. No, she has the Oscars. Okay. I oh, think... unless it's, like, the Oscars happen and he whisks her away, and then right up, what if he's the baddie? He's not. That's what I said. <laughs> or, like, baddie be... guard. Wouldn't that be fun? Fucking <laughs> Slutty. <laughs> Fatty guard? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, okay, okay. Do you... Let's see. I don't know. I feel like you guys made a lot of good predictions. I don't yeah, think I, I have better I, leading I feel questions. like we said nothing. I, uh, I said very little. <laughs> I said maybe... Be outlandish. Like, I, stuff does happen later in the movie. Be outlandish? Yeah. Outlandish. How outlandish can I be? Give me a character and then I'll pick something outlandish for them. Ooh, Fletcher. The baby? It's the son. Okay, Fletcher is gonna totes drive a boat. Ooh! Fletcher will drive a boat! 
Yeah, so after the, that's gonna after the Oscars, they're fleeing on a boat. There's a psycho boat chase. That's funny. Fletcher gets to drive the boat. <laughs> Kaylee and I only got there because you told us earlier he had a toy boat. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that connection, okay, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Okay. We're moving on. I'm ready. <laughs> Second part of the movie. We see this beautiful remote snowy lodge. We're already there, you guys. Oh, what? <laughs> it's on a lake. And this is where Frank's dad lives. And so all the people that are staying here as, like, her family and close people. So, like, Tony and Cy don't even get to come. Fuck them. Yeah. But it's Frank, Rachel, Henry, Nikki, and Fletcher. And then obviously Frank's dad. And Frank's dad is talking to Rachel while Frank and Fletcher are kind of, like, bonding out by the lake. And Frank's dad reveals to Rachel that the reason, which this Reagan thing, like, they really created a whole backstory for it. It's kind of funny. <laughs> But he reveals to Rachel that the reason he wasn't on duty when Reagan got shot is because that was the day they buried his mother. Oh, oh that's so that's sad. Dark. I know, it is dark. But it's like a nice little moment for her to be like, oh, he, uh, he's a human with yeah. a heart. Um, also, Reagan was shot because of Jodie Foster, so what can you do? Because of Jodie Foster? That was the guy's excuse. What did he say? I wanted Jodie Foster to love me, so I shot Reagan. <laughs> I've never heard that. That's crazy. No, that's why Reagan got shot. Wow. Because <laughs> the guy was obsessed with Jodie Foster. So senseless. Hmm. <laughs> so senseless. <laughs> Reagan sucks. <laughs> the group is all bonding at dinner. They're just having like a good old time. And after dinner, we see that Frank and his dad have been playing this ongoing chess game for three years. They have to like blow the dust off of it and all the pieces are set up in a certain way because they've hmm. been playing it for well, years. They have really bad commitment issues. I guess so. <laughs> or they like just make one move a night and they're like, phew, my Literally, brain is tired. how many pieces are left? <laughs> There's, if I had to guess, probably like half the pieces. Wow. From, okay. from a glance. Fletcher tells Frank which move he should make next and after he looks at it for a second, he does make that move and his dad goes, oh, you need to come over here and sit with me. Like, such a little dad joke. How cute. It is cute. And you guys, this makes Frank laugh for the first time in the movie. And I was like, I don't know if Kevin Costner's ever laughed before because it looked like really forced. <laughs> just in a way that I thought was funny. And I know laughing on screen is hard, but it just made me, it was like jarring after not seeing his teeth for most of the movie that I was like, oh my god. Frank walks Rachel to her room that night and they don't, like, kiss or anything, but it's still kind of romantic. And as they walk upstairs, Nikki kind of looks up at them like, oh. And later, as Frank is locking up the house, Nikki approaches him, and she's a bit drunk. I don't trust you, <gasps> oh, Nikki. Oh, no. Is she going to try and get him on? And mm -hmm. she, like, kind of interrogates them about the relationship. And she's being, like, really annoying and kind of... I don't know a good word to describe it, but just, like, not nice. Mm -hmm. And he keeps, like, shutting her down. And it's clear he's not interested, but she goes in for a kiss anyway. And he doesn't, like, shove her off because he's, like, trying to be nice. But he goes, you're lovely, but I can't. And she gets pretty fucking mad. And she's like, well, you had no problem saying yes to Rachel. The next morning, Nikki is sitting on the porch outside singing Jesus Loves Me. And Rachel comes outside, and she joins in with Nikki. And the two of them are singing together, and it's, like, this really sweet moment, and they kind of even, like, snuggle together on the porch while they're singing. Cute. Um, and it is very sweet, but it's also kind of funny because, like, Nikki's voice is so pretty. But then the second Rachel starts oh, no. singing, you're just like, damn, like, that's 
that's a boy. Yes. <laughs> and she's not, like, trying to outshine her, but it's just so clearly, like, naturally so talented. And you're like, damn. <laughs> we then see, here it is, Courtney. Fletcher has started the little motorboat. It's like a tiny little boat with a motor. And they're like, what the fuck is that noise? And they look, and Fletcher's in a boat, like, <laughs> driving off. And uh, he can't swim, so they all freak oh, no. out. Everyone panics, and Frank fucking sprints down to the dock to go stop him. And again, this part is, like, kind of funny. He straight up fucking tackles Fletcher into the oh water. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he's barely going to make it in time, so he can't, like, jump in the boat. So he just fucking, like, body slams him <laughs> into the water. And I understand, like, you're trying to save him, and you only have so many options, but everyone is really fucking mad at him. They're like, what? You could have drowned him. Like, what are you doing? And, uh, anywho. He, d- he does <laughs> save him, but he's, like, coughing up water and shit, and everyone's really upset. And Frank is, like, apologizing. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But seconds after he says, I'm sorry, that's when the boat explodes. <gasps> oh, shoot. It was that little motorboat that there was explosives on. And so everyone was, like, frantically packing around the little cabin And they're also like, what the fuck? Like, how did somebody know that we were out here? And they try to make a phone call, but all the phone lines are cut. And they try to start the cars, but the cars are dead. Oh my gosh, this is like scary movie status. It is scary. It's somebody on the inside. They know that they can't walk out safely because like if the person's out there, he's going to see them. But they don't really have many options. So they're like, okay, we'll wait the night out. And then, like, the second that light comes in the morning, then we'll make a break for it so that, like, hopefully he doesn't see us. I don't really know the logic behind it, but that's what they decide to do. I'm scared it's Nikki. What if Nikki. she, like, wants the career? Oh. Yeah, Nikki. <laughs> I have my little twiddly thumbs. Okay. So they decide to wait till morning. It's nighttime now, and Frank is sitting up keeping watch. It's just, it's about to be revealed any second, so <laughs> I'm, like, doing a bad job at hiding it. But, um, he's keeping watch and he hears some commotion from the other room and he goes over to see Nikki crying with a bottle of alcohol. And she's like, I'm so sorry for hitting on you last night. So it kind of seems like that's why she's crying. And honestly, (laughs) and for trying to kill my nephew, (laughs) she is the best actress actor in general, probably in the whole movie. Like this scene of her crying while drinking is probably like the best fucking scene in the movie where I'm just like, you're selling it. He kind of makes a comment about how all this stuff going on seems like it was done by a professional who knows what they're doing. And Nikki says, you're right, he does. Which reveals that Nikki knows what's fucking going on. And Frank, which, like, I really like this part. Rather than getting mad, he's just asking questions. So, like, rather than reprimanding her for whatever she's done, he's just, like, trying to get to the bottom of it. So he's like... Who is he? How do we stop him? Where did you meet him? Like, you can call this off. It's okay, because she's clearly regretting it to some degree. She says she doesn't know who it is, and she doesn't know how to call it off because she paid for everything in full, and she just, like, met this guy at a bar. Oh my god, she paid an assassin? She paid an assassin, and she said that he won't stop till he gets the job done. No. But she's sobbing because she's like, but I would never hurt the baby. I never meant to hurt Fletcher. I didn't know something like that would happen. So, like, that's why she's crying. Not really because she's remorseful about her sister, but because she almost killed the baby. But then he asks about the letters and about what the letters said because they say stuff like, I have nothing, you have everything, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I have no idea who sent the letters. Oh. Those are unrelated. So there's a stalker and then there's an assassin. Yep. As they're chatting about all this stuff, we hear a rustling upstairs. So he kind of shushes Nikki. 
and he pulls out his gun for the first time and he's like walking up the stairs and he opens the door and he sees that um, Rachel and Fletcher are like huddled together but they're safe and he then hears another noise and he points his gun at his dad accidentally but but we're fine it's not nobody's up there then we see downstairs where Nikki is the man is down there and he's pointing a gun at Nikki and she's like don't shoot! Like, I'm the one who paid you! She's gonna die! I and got it! shot dead! I got it! Oh my god, no! So Nikki, who hired this man, gets shot dead. I'm sorry, but if any of us try to kill our sisters by hiring a hitman, we deserve to die. <laughs> yes. They've, they, um, they've done nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah. Frank runs downstairs, because he hears the gunshot, obviously, and he finds Nikki on the ground, checks her pulse, she's dead. Then he sees this man running outside, and so he does this move, which, like, is kind of funny, because it's dramatic, but it was also, like, kind of dope. He fucking, like, pushes the window open and somersaults out the window into the snow to get the guy, and he, like, fucking gets up so quick with his little gun. As he's outside, like, chasing the guy around, he almost gets him, he's chasing him through the woods, but the guy gets away. And it looks like the same car that we saw him chase after way earlier in the movie when they were being followed. Mm. Frank then calls his government friends the next morning on a payphone to tell them what happened, but they're like, what are you talking about? We already got the guy. And they mention that locker full of pictures that we saw, and we see that the blonde guy is, like, being held, and they say that the forensics from his home match, like, stuff they found on the letters. So they're like, this is our guy. And then, you guys, you're not ready for this. It's, like, kind of a stretch, but also creepy when they're interrogating him and saying like you did this you did this that creepy blonde man goes no no <laughs> like, on, like the phone? on the phone okay. yeah okay so it's he did gross. it <laughs> yeah so no. he at least made the phone calls and the creepy letters we see some scenes of rachel mourning the death of her sister obviously <laughs> her double crossing sister her double cross- mm-hmm. yeah and honestly i don't think frank ever told her which is like the no that's fair. thing to do yeah. <laughs> yeah, they never talk about it, so it's implied, like, that he didn't tell her. Eventually, they do have this little heart-to-heart after tons of time has gone by about how scary just the whole situation is, like, that not only is there someone still out there looking for her, but, like, they don't know when he's gonna strike, they don't know what he looks like, blah, blah, blah. They also talk about how they think that the killer might strike at the Oscars, since it's such a big, like, tons of people are there event. And she says that she knows she'll be safe as long as he's there. And they share another kiss mm. in the moonlight. It's the night of the Oscars. Tensions are high. There's tons of people there. Tons of security. The music is like, you should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, there's this man who tells Rachel, like, kind of the lineup of the night and when she's going to go on, like, when she presents, all that stuff. Frank decides he's going to take a look around backstage while there's, like, some other guy on stage presenting who looks kind of familiar to me, but I don't think I actually know who the actor is. Frank then runs into that fucking guy who, like, almost tried to rape her, basically. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, it's you again. And he's like, yeah, dude, like, I'm so sorry for that instant with Rachel or whatever. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he asks who he's there to, to watch or whatever, and he says the guy on stage. After this little conversation, Frank calls Tony on the radio, and he's like, something doesn't feel right, man. Like, I know it's going to happen tonight. And they're kind of trying to game plan something to do here. Tony and Frank, I guess, are on good terms. But then there's, like, a crew member backstage at the Oscars who goes, um, you can't have those radios on. They're actually, like, really messing with our frequencies, so you're going to have to turn them off. So now they don't have their only means of communication. No! 
They then give Rachel the envelope to present the best song while she's about to walk on stage. But you can tell that just with everything that's been going on, she's super traumatized and has PTSD. And even as they're going through, like, the little, you know, kind of skits they do before they actually announce, she's having a really hard time reading the teleprompter. She, like, can't get her words out. The music's intense and she can't focus. And she's holding that little cross brooch he gave her earlier. And she actually starts squeezing the button. Oh. So it's sending him radio signals that she's in danger. So he, like, kind of comes up to where he can see her better because he's really freaked out something's about to happen. And they pull out the winner for best song. And instead of the fucking Oscar thing, it's another creepy (laughs) magazine note. No. But it's Emma Stone, La La Land. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually just in her mind. (laughs) And so she runs off stage and then we see that that's not actually what the little card looks like. And then everyone's like, what a little drama queen, blah, blah, blah. And the fictitious version of I Have Nothing, that song, wins best song. So it's from the film she was in, but I guess some other girl performed it. I don't really understand the semantics of. But that's why they don't have her being the one who performed the song because she has to give the award to someone. Um, now we have a fun guessing game, late into the movie. A well-known actress says to her friend, I always said she was nuts. This well-known actress is now deceased. She is also part of a nepotism family, but she was the start of this nepotism family. Have we explained anything of hers on the pod? No. Joan Rivers. No, but good guess. I forgot Joan Rivers was dead. It's someone, like, really personally connected. I more think of this person connected to Courtney, but, like, we love this family. Carrie Fisher. Close! Oh, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Uh. Cutie patootie. Debbie Reynolds says, I always said she was nuts, and that's the only line. <laughs> Debbie, I love you. Yeah. I also just watched Carrie Fisher's one I show saw. this week. Oh, it's <laughs> phenomenal. I love that family. But that's all that she's in, and it's very cute. Rachel is now furious with Frank for making her paranoid, and everyone around her is upset with her. Like I said, people are, like, talking shit behind her bra- her brack? Behind her breasts. Behind her breasts! (laughs) (laughs) People are talking shit behind her back, so she's very upset. And that guy that we saw presenting earlier, who that bodyguard friend or whatever was there for, is also being an asshole. He's, like, fucking actresses, whatever. And Frank kind of has this weird feeling. And he goes up to him and he says, hey, where's Portman? And he goes, I've never heard of him. Meaning his bodyguard friend is a liar and we don't know why he's there. He's the stalker? He's the assassin. He's not the stalker. He's the assassin. assassin. It is implied right now that he is the assassin. (gasps) Because he lied about who he's there protecting. So why are you here? So he's there to protect Natalie Portman and he doesn't even know who Natalie Portman is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Frank is now like, oh my god, he is the baddie. And he tells Tony, he's like, I know who it is. And he's like, remember that fucking creepy guy who you had to kind of save her from? That's the guy. And then uh, they kind of split up. Tony goes over to the other side of the stage and Frank stays where he is. And they're kind of like looking around. And then we see across the way that there's a man holding a camera who when he turns is Portman, the bodyguard guy. And Frank sees him, and he's like, oh my god. And so he tries to, like, call out to Tony, but Tony's already gone. And then Tony approaches Portman without, like, realizing when he taps on him who it is. 
And Portman turns around, and he, like, fucking three stooges him in the eyes. Ew! Gross. He gouges his eyes out. Like, fucking stabs his eyes really hard Ew. to the point where it, like, it seems kind of silly, but I was like, ah, oh my god. And then he, like, knocks him out. We then see that Portman is, like, moving through the audience with his camera, which is fixed with a gun. So there's, like, a gun on the side of the camera that blends in with the camera. And so as he's pointing the camera around, he's actually pointing the gun around. And Rachel goes up on stage because she's now been announced as the winner for Best Actress. So she goes on stage and Frank sees him in the audience with the gun and he's like, oh, my God. And then in slow-mo... Frank runs to Rachel, and as he shoots his fucking camera gun, Frank pulls Rachel to the ground and gets shot in the chest. Twice. Darn it, Kimmy's correct. Gets shot in the chest twice. Twice! Yep, and everyone's fucking screaming, obviously, and running away, and Portman... (laughs) in shock like that he actually hit someone let alone not the person he meant <laughs> and then Frank like slowly lifts up his gun and he fucking kills Portman oh my god so Portman's dead but Frank is like bleeding out on the stage wait we know Frank's okay cause he was supposed to protect Princess Di <laughs> oh oh fuck <laughs> 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 Bested me for a second. <laughs> it seems like he's dead, you guys. And oh, she, darn she, it. <laughs> and she's like sobbing over him, like, Frank, you can't die, no. And you're like, he's dead, but you're he's, he's like, dead. I'm I'm fine actually. I have a job after this. <laughs> we then see that there's an ambulance taking Frank away, and the blonde stalker guy is like at the concert. And not at the concert, outside of the Oscars, and he's actually looking at the ambulance like oh no, my friend's been shot. Like, that's what it looks like. Like, he's a concerned citizen. He's just like a creeper. But it doesn't really, I think this is probably just a a general rule of thumb for stalkers, but like, their motivation doesn't always make sense. It's like, do you want to fuck her? Do you want to kill her? Do you want to be her? Like, it doesn't, the fact that he would say like, you have everything, I have nothing, like fucking die, bitch, and then be like, oh no, did she die? Yeah. Like, it doesn't really make sense, but... I guess it's just, like, a bothersome thing that this is, like, the end of his motivation. Like, he gets thrown free. And that's why he never gets a name, because he's not the one actually, like, committing the crimes, even though he's fucking scary. Alrighty. It's sometime later now, they don't say exactly how long, and we see everybody arriving at this, like, private jet to see Rachel off somewhere, maybe onto her next tour or movie or something. And this is the big reveal of Frank steps out of another car and he's fine. But he does have his arm in a sling. And we see that Tony has an eye patch from being fucking poked in the eyes. (laughs) It's, yeah, scary. And Frank and Rachel are kind of having a moment. And he asks Rachel, how's the new guy? Because he's not her bodyguard anymore. And it's some older guy. And she's like, you got me an old man. He has white hair. And he kind of makes a joke about like, well, I didn't want you to be tempted by another bodyguard type of a thing. Like, ha, 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 ha. And then they kiss. And she cries because they have to separate. And the cover of I Will Always Love You starts to play. And the beginning of the song is a cappella. And it's so beautiful. It's like over their kiss. And then she gets on the plane. And she's sitting there. And he's like looking at her. And the plane starts to drive away on the runway. And she goes, wait! And the song, like, lifts up. It's, it's still not, like, the big thing oh. you're thinking of. 
but the song like lifts up a little bit more and instruments start to come in and she runs out of the plane and they kiss and it does that fucking thing that movies love to do where the camera's like zoom 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 around them 360 for like forever. Oh, I know exactly what you're And they're just mushing their faces together and the camera's like But because the song is still playing, it cuts to her, maybe on tour now, performing the song somewhere. Yes. And so we get to actually like watch her perform. She's also just... Just everything about her looks so cute and all of her costumes and stuff, and she's such a good singer. So this scene is really cool. Um, then we see that Frank is off somewhere else now on a different job, and he's protecting a congressman. And he's, like, standing stoically in the background, just kind of, like, no expression on his face. <laughs> this is where I start. On the first watch, this part is very jarring. Like, even when I watched it without taking notes this time, I was like, Jesus Christ. And I didn't really like it. But on a, on a rewatch, I was like fucking crying laughing because it's just the comedic timing is so funny. I think we, I have to show you guys. But he's standing there like stoically because he's at a job and he's standing there and the movie decides at the exact same moment that the song builds to the most fucking dramatic part where it's, you know, the part we yeah. always think of. It's a freeze frame and the credits roll. So it's like... <laughs> Kevin Costner's fucking boring ass face while she's like, and I, and the credits roll, and it's just the funniest Ew. thing. It's the funniest thing. Yeah, that's hysterical. I don't know why they chose to do it like that, but it's so fucking funny. Um, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like an episode of Degrassi. Yes, where they freeze frame on everything. Yeah, or yeah. Steven Soderbergh's new movie. <laughs> yeah. They did um, that shit too. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm ready to rate. That's the bodyguard. Ratings in three, two, one. Tyzies. Okay, <laughs> so can go first because she wants I guess to go I'll go first. first. All my thoughts just left my brain. You <laughs> <laughs> were so prepared. So excited about the tie. God damn it. I was so excited about the tie. Kayleen, this is like a 10 out of 10 explanation. Like this Aww. movie is perfect for that. <laughs> I had so much fun. I'm glad. And it was only until like your last couple minutes of explaining that I was like feeling such similarities to Blowout. Yeah. It was just so much fun to, like, be there for, to be invested in. Yeah. And it's just a kooky, kooky time, but, like, I can tell where it sucks at Did we parts. tell the audience what we rated it? I don't oh, know if we no. did. <laughs> Kimmy and I both gave it a five. And, and I gave it a six. And Kaylee gave it a six. It's very, <laughs> it's very of its time. Yes. It's, it's very of its genre, mm -hmm. and there's a lot to that, and I had so much fun just, like, hearing it. I see a lot of negatives in terms of its time yeah. and its genre, Yeah. but kudos. It was a really fun time I'm to good. listen to. I'm glad. Like, honestly, watching it, I was worried that the explanation wouldn't be that interesting, no. so I'm glad it was fun. And I guarantee as soon as Kimmy starts talking, I'm going to want to interrupt her with my thoughts. <laughs> but Kimmy, no. they left my brain. You go ahead. No, I don't think you'll get anything from me because I feel like the exact same. Right? I feel like I had a great time listening to you hear about it, and I think that's going to, like... Thoroughly deplete my enjoyment for the actual film. You're gonna be like, wow, why did Kevin never smile? Yeah. I am like really interested to see, like, I don't think I've seen literally anything that Whitney Houston was in. So, you know, that is interesting to me to see, like, her performance. Yeah. I haven't decided if, you know, <laughs> even prior to this episode, if I like Kevin Costner. Or oh, not. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I. Do I think that I'm going to like this movie? Probably not. And unfortunately, I feel like there's probably a lot of nostalgia associated mm. with it, which makes it so enjoyable for yeah. you. And But my main takeaway is that I had a really good time, <laughs> and I really enjoyed listening, and 
and it was funny. It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave it a six, just a little bit higher than you guys. I would say the only thing is just that I was like, it's not, it's not bad. Like, it's not a bad movie. And there's a lot of things I think it does really well. Like, a lot of the action is very interesting. And while maybe, you know, if you were to watch it yourselves without my explanation for the first time, maybe you'd be like, that blonde guy's for sure the guy from the room. Oh, her sister's for sure the baddie. Like, maybe, yeah. Maybe it would be more obvious. But I think by those standards back in the day, I don't think people were thinking that. Honestly, where it fails for me is their chemistry. Mm. Oh. They have, like, no chemistry. Um, not to say there aren't some nice moments, but it's you don't really feel anything for the characters in that way. Um, the little fun facts I wanted to tell you, yeah. just because I didn't want it to make you be like, this is a fucking three. This movie received two Oscar nominations for Best Song. It How also many Razzies did it get? <laughs> three Razzie noms. Picture, mm. actor, actress? Yeah. Oh, sad. Mm. Picture, actor, actress. I think that's a little harsh, but also by those standards, I'm like, wasn't Kevin Costner just every man in the 90s? Like, you really think he did that bad of a job? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's the bodyguard. Yeah, so we're going to go into watch list ads and recommendations for the week, and Courtney's going to go first. My watch list ad for the week, I'm so excited because you guys were there the first time I saw the trailer for it, and I was geeking out hard. Studio 666. Oh, nice. <laughs> starring the Foo Fighters. I love that. Oh. I'm so gaga for this movie, guys. Like, <laughs> I cannot wait. My reaction to watching you watch that was similar to watching the Jackass trailer, where I was like, I don't know all of Courtney's interests. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney apparently loves Jackass and Dave Grohl. How dare we uh, not talk about Jackass on the podcast? Guys, go see Jackass. Guys, we went and saw Jackass forever. Um, no, I, I fucking love Dave Grohl, and then this weird, meta, hysterical, satanic aspect of it, I'm there yeah. for it. You were correct, you did spot Jenna Ortega in the trailer. I did? Oh, I'm so, a Jenna radar. <laughs> yes, exactly, tying it all back to what we watched this week. I can't fucking wait. It comes out, um, a week from recording, maybe our episode will come out the day of, if not, our episode will be a bit sooner, and then you guys can go see Studio 666. Nice. I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> have you guys seen Fresh Pots? Fresh Pots? No. Yeah, Pots. No. It's a video of Dave Grohl um, in the studio with the Foo Fighters, and he's obsessed with coffee, and it's just him screaming about wanting coffee. It's like a three-minute-long movie, oh. essentially, of, like, the Foo Fighters filming him, like, being psycho about coffee, oh. and it's amazing. Anyways, that's my watch list for the week. My recommendation for the week, I see so many similarities. Okay. And I'm so happy, and it's one of my favorite movies ever. It's Selena. Oh, Selena. Oh, okay. Yes. I wouldn't have guessed. Not to make any real connections to the true story of Selena Quintanilla and what happened, but in general, a pop star yeah. on film, um, all these other aspects, including the 90s. I just, like, I'm ready to watch it right this second. That makes like, a lot if you guys sense. leave my house, I'm gonna watch Selena. <laughs> and you don't have school tomorrow, so you should. I might. I, I will. Okay, my watch list ad, and it's been on there for a bit, but we haven't recorded since we all fucking geeked about it, is The Northmen. Yes. yes. And yeah. And yeah, and so this close is, to coming out on my birthday. No, it's I'm, one week later. I'm really bummed about that. <laughs> Me too. Um, but I'm really excited. Everyone in the cast, duh. Robert Eggers, duh. And that's that. And my recommendation, we brought it up so many times. I was kind of trying to avoid it because I was like, no, shh, it's my recommendation. It's Molly's game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because yeah, it's like the one time in my life I can think of Kevin Costner having an emotional impact on me. 
And he's really not in it that much, but mm-hmm. in that one scene that when Daniel came home today and he was like, yeah, that one scene in the poker movie, that's the fucking, that's the best scene, in my opinion. I love that scene. He does a really good job in it. It's Again, I think a lot of it is her and yeah. them feeding off of each other, but I still, that's what I thought of. And I think Molly's Game deserves some more recognition. Oh, I'm five stars for that movie. Yeah. Okay, my, my watch list ad is a slutty answer. Because literally the trailer just came out, Men by Alex Garland. Mm. Heck yeah, yeah, I'm ready for that. She looks a little scary. scary. <laughs> just that title alone just strikes fear men. in my heart. <laughs> I'm concerned it won't be scary and it'll instead just be like, yeah, babe, that's men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Alex Garland's stuff. He's fucking cool. Jesse Buckley, like, really can get it. She's yeah. on another level. And um, my recommendation is going to be. Waterworld. Hell Such yeah! She's, she's talking about the stunt performance. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to use that as the photo on her Instagram? <laughs> yes. Like the girl diving That's into the yeah. <laughs> I, I love Waterworld. It's just fucking cool. It's like, you go on Wave Runners, like that's the main mode of transportation. Like, I don't know. I've always fucking thought it was cool. Okay, next week, me, Kimmy, <laughs> I'm taking on the movie... Black Swan for tweens. Okay. <laughs> Birds of Paradise. It's competition. It's manipulation. It's drugs. It's psychedelics. And it's either going to suck and be a good time or suck and not be a good time. I'm sure if it sucks, it'll be fun regardless. If it sucks, we're going to have a good time. If it's good, we'll have a good time. Yes. Yeah. If it sucks, sucks, we'll make it a good time. Yeah. 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 That's that's our goal here at We Explain Movies. Yes. <laughs> to make it a good time regardless of the quality. Yeah. Yes. That should be our tagline. A good time regardless of quality. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for a good time, not a quality time. Yes. <laughs> Catch us then. 